0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire Capital City. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, greetings and welcome in on a Monday morning, September the 18th, 2023, and we start out your day in the Capital City at 56 degrees, hazy one coming here early in the morning, and then uh, we're getting back up into the nines, the nineties, well, numbers that start with a nine in the 10 spot, you know what I mean, back into the eighties, most of the rest of the week anyway, We've got a good show for you today, uh, of course, have the uh, reaction to Nebraska football getting their first win of the Matt Rule era. We'll discuss that a little bit bit more, Uh, might even in this segment get into a little bit of uh, what happened with volleyball last night, not just on the court, but the uh, conversation off the court went a place that you might not have expected. Uh, A little bit later in the show, Tim Haruza is going to join us, talk a little Nebraska news and politics, Uh, and Mike Schaefer, uh, our co-host on the Friday Husker tailgate, is going to join us at 835 to get his thoughts on the weekend that was for the Huskers. We'll have the five things that you're going to be talking about today. All the news that you need to get you going this morning, and uh, we're just going to fully equip you with uh, a complete, a complete toolkit of information and entertainment this morning to begin your week. Uh, good morning, Mark Vale. How are you doing today? Greetings. Good to talk to you. How was your weekend? It was fine. Good. Pretty quiet. Good. Good. I like those. Those, those are good. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anything, anything sticks out. You want to go a little bit further to into the newscast here before I jump into some of the other things that are going quite,
2: on. A fairly quiet weekend. Good. Uh, so I think uh, sports probably the biggest thing in the even in news. Yeah, we uh, w-
1: Nebraska football uh, d- kind of kind of put it all together a little bit in a game that I guess you call it a get right game, and they seem to have that Caleb at Memorial Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, Heinrich Harbour.
3: Even before you got to the game, the city was a-poppin'.
1: Oh, really? Pe- people was were it?
3: out and about.
1: I was in. in I didn't really leave my house, so I didn't get to f- see all uh, the excitement of the yeah, city. The, That's the, exciting. The,
3: the tailgating was an all-day affair. Okay. And, and people up and down O Street, and I know O Street will be its own topic of conversation yeah. uh, for a different reason, but yeah, it's... Nebraska has needed a home game, and it took until week three to get it, and I think the people... We're really thirsty for it getting to Saturday without anything even happening at the stadium. People wanted to be out and about and enjoying a, a home football game day and they did. Yeah. Uh from from the looks of it. And then yeah, obviously you get to the stadium, night game, things go right, so everyone feels pretty good.
1: Yeah. absolutely. Uh Heinrich Harberg steps in, um, uh, you know looks looks particularly good at the very beginning of the game you're like wow this offense seemed efficient in a way that it hadn't before uh it didn't quite keep that pace up in terms of efficiency but nonetheless mm-hmm. i thought a really good game from him but uh, once again the defense in particular really shown through on saturday night for nebraskan so we'll delve into more of the things related to that but uh good to hear good to hear uh and good to see nebraska football getting a win uh Going to be listening today, just a lot of a little, hopefully little, but I'm not sure if they are, uh, little injury issues coming out of that game that we didn't know a ton about on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably get an update on here a little bit later this morning. Yeah,
3: all we had heard from Matt Rule in post game was that he had said that Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson, and Cam Lennart had all been been nicked up during the game. Had no idea on the severity for it. I know some folks had seen some other guys in postgame game how they were moving around. So hopefully we get an update from Matt Rule. We'll hear him around lunchtime today.
1: Yeah. So uh, Caleb and I will delve a little bit further into that game later in the show today. But, uh, man, in terms of uh, good stuff happening this weekend in sports, just another great match for Nebraska volleyball last night. They pick up another ranked win here in Lincoln in front of a sellout crowd at the Bob Devaney Sports Center. Uh, Kentucky did get a set off of Nebraska, but Nebraska held strong, won it in the fourth set. Uh, But the thing that people – well, a couple of things people are talking about coming out of this game. Number one, it featured what maybe was – I don't know – what was maybe the longest volleyball point at least I've ever watched in my life. Uh there was a point that went on and on and on.
3: That and point on lasted almost as long as Aaron Rodgers season for the Jets
1: <laughs> it did. It was uh and I so if you if you uh somehow have missed checking out the video of it, go to Nebraska volleyball social media and they'll they'll have it posted for you and you can see it. But about about four or five diving digs on both sides of the net to keep that thing alive throughout and it was really one of the best most impressive volleyball points I've ever seen with Nebraska actually winning the point and that kind of really took the wind out of Kentucky I think at the end of that match last night was to not come out on top of that of that marathon point
3: when when you have an insane point like that obviously we we have the the bias that we want Nebraska to win it for for any for any sport or wherever that's being played, you want the home team to win that because of the crowd's reaction at yeah. the end of it. Now, had Kentucky won, you've seen opponents come in and win some longer rallies, and the the Husker fans stand up and applaud it because they're like, hey, that, that was good volleyball. But when you have the home team win it, and yeah. they can get a little bit more raucous and propel them through that through that fourth game and then get them the, the, ultimately the match.
1: Um, Nebraska did come into the game a little shorthanded without a couple of their uh, normal starters, normal contributors on the team in uh, Laney Choboy uh, and uh, uh, Lindsey Lindsay Krause. Krause as well, both missing. And Lindsey, for Krause, uh, John Cook said after the match why she was out, which had to do with a car accident, actually, and then that got him going on. Issues related to car accidents, and Lincoln, take a listen to this. You, oh. oh, sorry. Oh. I pumped it right. Sorry, I <laughs> queued you without telling you I was going to cue you on that thing. That's,
3: <laughs> that's my like, bad. I was like, whoa. No, sorry.
1: That's totally my bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but Caleb got the sound from this last night, and John Cook was talking a little bit about uh, about what happened with Lindsey Krause, and then started opining on the situation driving on O Street right now
4: you know Lindsay gets rear-ended on O Street in the middle of the day from some yahoo speeding all over the place which always happens on O Street so <clears throat> I said on the radio I hope the mayor was here and the chief of police and they hear this How is she? she went through about 10 minutes of practice today so I, I, don't, I don't know you know she got rear-ended so you know, you know like same with Laney I mean Laney kind of was in a collision too You know, that's what's so frustrating is, and again, I drive on O Street, and there's several times I've wanted to call 911 just because of the crazy drivers and how they just abuse O Street and speed up and down. And sure enough, and I I was on O Street that day too, because we were off that day. I think I went to Whole Foods, and she was right by Chick-fil-A. And some dude came flying and smacked her and took off. So it shouldn't be happening in Lincoln. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, number one, I'm glad. I,
1: I mean, it doesn't sound like it's a. She tried to practice, wasn't able to play. Obviously, injuries that kept her from playing. But the way it happens, it sounds like could have could have been more serious. And then uh, John Cook sharing some thoughts on <laughs> on how bad O Street is now.
2: Traffic wise, here at this point, I know
3: Mark hears it every morning. when when he's got the windows open, is probably it? even with the windows closed. Oh
2: yeah, I uh, and people run red lights all the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I I stepped out while you guys were in one of the segments of the uh, Friday Husker tailgate out here in our front parking lot. Some I some person, I don't know, couldn't tell whether it's man or woman, coming down 44th Street, red light, just went ahead and made the left turn westbound oh. on Oh. I don't and know. That's a bad intersection.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I agree. I this is not uh, this is not at all like taking exception with anything anyone's saying. I don't, I, maybe I'm just not on O Street enough to know that notice that it's that different um, than it is anywhere else in town. Do you guys have that perception that, I mean, I understand at night, the drag racing thing at night, that kind of thing on weekends. I know that's been a problem. I've heard you got you tell me about that a lot, Caleb, but I mean, you live right over here by O Street, so you're obviously on it a lot. Do you see, are you seeing it like that? specifically people driving crazy on O Street, maybe time. in a way that they're not driving in other parts All the of the time. city.
3: My, my preference, and because we live a block off of getting on O Street, if we are going to go somewhere across town and it involves going east-west, we will bounce over to Vine or we will just get ourselves up to 48th and then find somewhere else that we're going to go. Maybe it's Adams, maybe it's Holdridge, whatever. But we're getting off of O Street as far quickly as possible
1: because why exactly
3: because the drive the driving is crazy it's the the lane changes without without blinkers you have this in particular over here you have where it goes from three lanes down to two lanes and the number of people that either don't know about that and then try to make a make a late lane change or that do know about it and think they can just speed up and get in front of everybody and you want to talk about how to zipper merge? It's not a quick zipper merge, as as much as some people are. That's They're,
1: just west of Forty Eighth and O. You yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So there are just there are a lot of places that already lend themselves to being a little bit more trickier areas to drive, but the drivers just don't seem to care.
2: Speed in, in, is a big issue.
3: Yeah. Speed as fast as people are going, and then not necessarily caring about anyone around them. O Street is just worse than any other street that we can just bounce over and take and feel much safer. Was there not?
1: Um, yeah, I I thought just a while back we had a story about LPD doing a special project. They did. On O Street specifically. I mean, it's interesting You got because you got John Cook saying LPD needs to be doing something. The mayor needs to be doing something. And there was a report that came out 12 days ago where LPD announced that they had completed a special project to help reduce traffic crashes and promote motor vehicle safety on O Street during the summer. So during May through August, they did a high visibility traffic enforcement detail on O Street between 17th and 98th Street. I don't know if I ever saw it. do anybody you guys remember no, I, seeing this? I think it was mostly evenings. Okay. Uh yeah, I suppose. The detail focused on traffic enforcement saturation on nights, good call nights and weekends to combat the numerous reports of excessive speeds and noise in the area. Um and so they wrote a total of 662 citations and arrests during that time. So that was through May th- in, basically in the heart of the summer this year. 600, uh, to 662 citations and arrests on this. 372 total warnings, uh, about 200 speeding citations, uh, 58 speeding warnings, 10 traffic signal citations, 7 traffic signal warnings, 3 stop sign citations, 30 seatbelt citations, 17 seatbelt warnings. Okay uh 45 no insurance citations now we're getting into stuff like registration 198 no valid registration citations wow with that whole thing 141 other traffic violation warnings 4 DUI arrests by the way 6 narcotics arrests so it's interesting that that it's just kind of interesting this all comes out like right on the heels of them finishing this entire thing where they were like high visibility. We're going to be doing this this summer. We're going to be, you know, we're going to share all the detail that's going along with this as well. Um, And (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure. I've, I don't know if it didn't get any better, if it didn't change anything, or if we just still haven't seen it yet. I I honestly just don't know the answer Mm -hmm. to it, but it's interesting with the timing with this whole thing. 2022 O street between 70th and 17th and 84th, according to the city, accounted for nine of the highest crash locations in the city of Lincoln. It also continues to be an area that consistently receives community complaints of speeding, racing, loud exhaust, and other reckless driving behaviors. So the question, I guess, is at this point for John Cook and many, many others what, what do they need to do next to make this place safer? They already put cops out in high enforcement and cracked down during the entire summer to do this thing, and it apparently still wasn't enough.
2: I think part of it goes to the the, staff, the workforce staffing issues mm-hmm. that LPD has. They just don't have you know they're not uh, they're 20 30 i think positions short right and that cuts down on visibility um, in many I, of these instances
3: I, Can they put up traffic cameras?
2: I
1: um i don't believe in nebraska not, that. you can't yeah your state law doesn't allow for that yet okay. or
2: or I mean, you can put put up cameras right you could put up uh, you know the the speed uh but, the little signs that says you know it flashes the speed but
1: and I understand what you mean mark but man d o t came in and gave them money to do that this whole, so they had the money they had right, the, the they were able to staff it from may through that, may through August, and you know you- i I just read you all the numbers from it at that
2: point. what that does is that goes for overtime that still doesn't i mean they can't do that all all the no, time yeah,
1: and it hasn't happened all all around, but it like I guess my question is just like. <laughs> Even if you did staff it completely, how long do you have to actually do that to change anything? Well, you just because, have to have more of a presence, yeah, All the time, I, I suppose. Uh, I didn't realize it was this bad for everybody. I honestly, I, I seriously didn't. I remember. I mean, I'm, I remember talking about talking about this when it started at the beginning of the summer. I remember talking about the drag racing issues that that have come about at this point. But I think I probably just don't travel on it enough to to appreciate the experience as my i'm not denying anything i just probably am not honored
2: i think there's a few design issues too that that complicate that
1: see now that's you know that's a good that's an interesting one
2: one one that i always have kind of been surprised of is westbound o street to southbound 48th Uh, it's a, a double left turn but within about a half a block it goes down to a single lane and you get people that that are trying to zipper merge while they're. That's turning. what
1: Caleb was just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. Well, the, no, he was talking oh. about. I was the, talking
2: about westbound onto what forty six.
1: Oh, you are talking about actually on forty eighth on forty eighth
2: when you are going when you turn south on forty eighth. Gotcha. It's a double turn, but within a very short time, it's down to a single lane, and we all know that forty eighth Street is a challenge in and of itself.
1: Yeah, so it's that same intersection generally, just going a different direction. So. Yeah. Um, Well, anyway, uh, the intersection of volleyball and O Street traffic was not something I uh, expected to be hearing about after the match last night, but nonetheless, uh, glad everybody seems to be okay after this whole thing. And he made it sound like it was a hit and run, too. It
2: was. Which, by the way, won't do that, people. You know, I'll just put it this way. Drivers in Lincoln, and having been a professional driver... yeah. I installed a dash cam. Ooh. all right.
1: All right. Think about it, maybe. All right, 624. We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack
0: and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for The Daily at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK today.
1: Yes, it is fifty-seven degrees in the capital city. But first, wait. But first, wow, why Mariah, did, where was my open on Mariah? That? You missed your cue, Mariah. We oh. talked about this. I said, if we bring you back for another year, you've got to hit all of your cues this year, or I know you've been doing it for a long time, but i will I won't hesitate to bring in you know I'll find somebody new I'll find somebody new I'll get Olivia Rodrigo to come in here and do it she'll do it. she doesn't miss cues. <laughs> It's okay if we, she's not available yeah, she, right she, now. She's she called in sick right today. So she get, I did tell her she gets five sick days. Uh, PTO.
3: But the people can still win a $100 prize pack from That's Valentino's true. and Alumni Hall. Just because Mariah's, you
1: know, uh, breaching her contract <laughs> with us right now. You, uh, yeah, you can still win. Uh, who was our winner last week of that $100 prize pack? So. exactly,
3: It was Ron who got one of the, pi- the second to last pick. Okay. And he missed it by eighteen seconds. So
1: if you recall the question was when would Nebraska score its first touchdown of the game? Didn't take too long. That first drive was a productive one. His guess was what? Nine fifty-seven. Okay. And the actual time was nine thirty nine. Nine thirty
3: nine. Good
1: job, Ron.
3: Yeah, it was the first drive, but but it was it was Nebraska's first drive. Mm-hmm. Northern Illinois didn't take a whole lot of time and Nebraska just Yep. We're going to run the ball, burn the little clock.
1: Yep, very quick. Very quick on that whole thing. So good job by him. So we start a new week. Here's how it works. At 635 and 810 every day, we give you a word. Uh, that if you want to participate, you, all you need to do is text it in to us at 402-479-1400. We take all of those texts that we got for a half hour with that word, and we pick one of them. We text them back, and we say, you won this week's uh or this day's pick at this time. We do 10 of those throughout the course of the week. It's essentially a fantasy draft, and whoever is closest with what they predict about the game wins a prize pack from Alumni Hall and Valentino. So that might be you today if you remember to text in the keywords. Uh, first of all, let's give you the keyword and then I'll tell you about the to- the uh the question for this week. Keyword is tech. Tech uh T E C H. Tech.
3: tech. T-E-C-H oh, like tech? Louisiana
1: Tech. Got it. Yeah, tech T E C H. Text in tech to 402-479-1400. And if you're the one who selected to make the pick, we will be asking you today how many yards rushing do Nebraska's quarterbacks? Uh, achieve in this game how many yards rushing do nebraska quarterbacks achieve during this game just to make sure caleb we probably should say this just in case we don't have any something screwy where somebody goes into a wildcat or something we should just enumerate the players who count as a quarterback so we mean Harburg, sims purdy uh the and then whoever was masker still there uh, there's another transfer guy, someone who's there.
3: Someone who uh, is listed as a quarterback. Yeah, someone
1: who's listed on the roster, the official Huskers.com roster as a quarterback. We'll look at that. We will add up all of their rushing yards. Um, and, and now that does include sa- sacks get taken off that in, yep. the, in so college football. So it's their football.
3: net rushing
1: so yards. net rushing yards. Uh, can you give us like uh, an idea of what that might be compared yeah, to other so, games?
3: so there's been a pretty... Pretty good range that that you've seen here you had jeff Sims against minnesota had ninety one Sims and Harburg combined for eighty four at Colorado okay and then harburg had ninety eight against uh right. whoever the heck northern illinois <laughs> I was like who who whoever wow. they beat whoever wow. was on that Disrespect.
1: It's personal It's personal now. It's like preying on the buff. Uh, (laughs) All right. So there you go. Text in the word tech, T-E-C-H, if you want to play the game and maybe try and take a guess at how many rushing yards Nebraska's quarterbacks have for this week. All right. Let's jump into our sound off. Uh, By the way, we have our uh, special feature with Tom Stanton coming up, too, here as well. Here before the top of the hour, uh, he's been doing some uh, a little bit of a project where he's doing a little bit of a long-form report on a different topic, and so we're going to be doing that on Monday mornings is one of the times you can hear them uh, at about 6.55 on Monday mornings. But let's get into the sound off for the time being. Uh, The United Auto Workers' strike has been on now for a few days. How long is this thing going to last? Do you have any immediate progress? Let's find out the very latest.
2: UAW President Sean Fain on CBS Face the Nation accused auto companies of waiting too long to address union grievances. Fain said without a resolution, we're going to amp this thing up even more, meaning more workers at more plants will walk picket lines. Fain says the union is fed up with auto companies that have made trillions over the last decade.
5: Twenty one billion dollars in the last six months alone. And our workers' wages and, and, and conditions have went backwards.
2: Among union demands, a 36% hourly wage increase over four years. A recent offer by Stellantis, which owns Chrysler, was only up to a 21% bump. Gernal Scott, Fox
1: News. All right. So, um, yeah, this is, uh, is going to be obviously a significant impact in the economy if this continues to go for a long time here at this thing. Um, we'll see. Estimates of the economic impact of the strike don't point at, you know, necessarily just wrecking the economy. That was the term that UAW said. Hey, we're, we're not going to wreck the economy. The truth is, we're going to wreck the billionaire economy, is what he said. But if UAW, according to some uh, estimates from Anderson Economic Group, if UAW workers at Ford, General Motors, and Salanta strike for 10 days, could cost the U.S. economy. Five billion dollars. Another estimate by Ehrlich assumes there would be a much smaller immediate spillover effect. Uh, that's four hundred forty million dollars of income would be lost nationally if all the UAW members strike for two weeks. If he lasts, if it would last eight weeks, he the estimate is that a nine point one billion dollar hit to incomes nationwide. So obviously, there's a, there's a variety of reasons why that might happen as well, but we'll see and that doesn't you know and part of that has to do with uh with the the price of cars as well that goes into the thing because they're saying okay about 10 days of strike the the estimate by the economic group is that that means about twenty five thousand vehicles won't be produced that would have been otherwise that obviously impacts the inventory which impacts the prices as well and inventory I, i assume is still pretty tight as it is right now as well so that'll be significant although not, the experts are saying, not as significant as COVID pandemic, the computer ship shortages that basically almost shut down the auto yeah, industry for for a while there with this whole thing. So uh, a little bit of an impact on, or a little bit of a discussion there on what the impact would be of this strike going on for an extended period of time, but hopefully they can get this whole thing figured out very shortly here. Uh, no government shut down. Well, if the House has its way, Right now, this is uh, obviously another one of these deals that we've talked about a little bit here where the United States government is on the verge of facing another shutdown if they can't get legislation through the House and the Senate for spending. Well, the House has done their part.
5: Shaping up to be a busy week on Capitol Hill, House GOP lawmakers reached a tentative agreement Sunday night to keep the government funded temporarily and avert a shutdown. The tentative bill includes cuts to domestic spending, and it's expected to pave the way to pass a defensive spending bill later this week. If passed, that deal would keep the government funded through October 31st. The bill still needs to pass both chambers and be signed into law by the end of this month october
1: 31st okay um that is legitimately the definition of kicking the can down the road because you get that thing signed and you're gonna wake up the next morning it's like all right time to figure out the next one (laughs) on this whole thing uh on a very different matter having to do with the united states senate Evidently, they are no longer enforcing their dress code at the U.S. Senate. No more dress code. Oh, hello. Which opens up a lot of possibilities for some of us who have not run for Senate yet. And this was one of the big reasons why. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has
5: scrapped the dress code that requires legislators to wear professional attire on the Senate floor. And this comes months after Senator John Fetterman was slammed for wearing a hoodie with shorts and sneakers. Axios reports Schumer quietly directed the Senate sergeant at arms to stop enforcing the code which requires male senators to wear a jacket and tie and female senators to wear a dress or other business attire. The new policy to scrap the code goes into effect this week. Chris DiMaio, Fox News.
3: Get ready for my campaign to be all shorts and hoodies. Well, shorts and hoodies Let's, to the Senate. Does know. not matter time of year, shorts and hoodies in the Senate for me. Jeez.
1: Uh, that's yeah, my entire platform I saw an interview Fetterman was just like walking in the halls and they interviewed him. They picked him up you know and the the journalists are following him around and just getting to stop for questions and it was so weird, he looked like he was he was in the halls of the Senate and he looked like he was coming right out of the gym <laughs> it was it was uh it was not what I was expecting uh hey, we may have company You know there's been plenty of talk of UFOs but what about the actual planets that might be packed mm. with alien life including that? Frozen thing that they found and had in Mexico a couple last including week, including
3: whatever happened. In whatever, whatever
1: happened with that? Old, maybe this is maybe we found the home of Zorcon or whoever that alien was. That planet named K two eighteen B is about one hundred twenty light years away and is almost nine times the size of Earth. But NASA experts are also intrigued over some evidence discovered by the James Webb Space Telescope. There is an indication of a molecule called dimethyl sulfide or DMS on that planet. Which on Earth can only be produced by life, according to the BBC. Researchers say they've also detected methane and carbon
6: dioxide in the planet's atmosphere, a sign the planet could be the home of a water ocean. Paul Stevens, Fox News.
1: If you start reading about some of these Earth like planets that are out there in the solar system, but just like how far away they are, and then you start getting into like the vastness of the entire galaxy. Beyond the Milky Way and and all of these, it is your mind will ache after a while with the largeness of the discussions that are out there and the possibilities of all the word. I I tried to do it once, and I said, I can't do this. I have a headache (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Uh, Update your phones today. Well, I mean, if you have an Apple phone and you want to, Uh, They're not going to add arrow keys to it because they're never going to do that, I'm starting to believe. But the big iOS 17 uh, update is going to roll out to at least some of the Apple customers with iPhones today.
5: iOS 17 is ready to download starting today. The overhaul to Apple's mobile operating system will come with a new feature called Standby Mode, which allows users to view widgets and interact with app notifications without having to unlock their phones. Apple is also promising a fix to a persistent yet funny error with its autocorrect, resulting in too much use of the word duck. Most iPhones made in 2018 or newer are able to take the iOS update. Eben Brown,
1: oh, Fox brother. News. That's the autocorrect issue you're fixing? That's the one. I, I capitalized Nebraska in all caps once in a tweet, and now anytime my phone sees the word Nebraska, it capitalizes the entire thing, and it is so annoying, and that's <laughs> the
3: one you fix? Come on. That's where I'm at with Harburg right now. Oh, right. I got really excited to see him on the field at Colorado. Yeah, so all caps. To and now Harburg it's every
1: single time. Yeah, I hate that.
3: Made the game this last Saturday very frustrating.
1: Can't stand that. Uh, all right, we're gonna grab our break right now. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear from Tom
3: now, right, Caleb? Yeah, yeah Tom. He's uh, got his Tom's talk. This is the second one. He's talking suicide prevention in this week's feature.
1: All right, we will take a listen to that right now. Fifty-seven degrees. In the capital city, also coming up during the 7 o'clock hour, Caleb and I look back at Nebraska versus Northern Illinois. What is the future for the quarterback position, speaking of all caps, Harburg? Uh, There, we'll get into that as well. We're going to count down the five things that you're going to be talking about today. Also, a little bit later in the show, we'll talk Nebraska news and politics with Tim Hruza. That's at 810. And Mike Schaefer will join us as well at 835. It's 651 right now on KLIN.
0: Your home for Husker Football is 1499-3. Presented on KLIN by Liberty First Credit Union. It's time for Tom's talk on 1499-3 KLIN.
5: September is Suicide Prevention Month, a time to raise awareness about mental health resources and provide education on saving lives from suicide and also encouraging everyone to learn what role they can play in preventing a suicide, which is the second leading cause of death among Nebraskans between the ages of 15 and 24. And according to the Department of Health and Human Services, someone dies by suicide every 32 hours in Nebraska. I recently spoke with Officer Doug Headley, the Mental Health Response Coordinator for Lincoln Police, about the importance of of this month,
7: well, suicide is obviously a very uh, significant topic. Um, there's a lot of stigma that surrounds it, and we want to continue to bring information about it forward so that we can destigmatize it, as well as let the public know about um, resources that individuals that are contemplating suicide or are distressed um, that they can know about those resources.
5: Headley says during the course of his job, he and fellow officers encounter a number of people who suffer from mental illness and have thoughts of suicide. Headley tells me they are taking steps to make sure people they encounter who are experiencing a crisis get the help they need. One important thing
7: we're trying to do is identify individuals in our community that are needing better access to behavioral health resources and trying to make those connections. We get a lot of calls for people that are experiencing any type of uh, crisis in their life and the police may not always be the best response. so we're trying to connect them to the most appropriate resource dependent on uh, what their situation is.
5: Hadley says knowing the warning signs of suicide can go a long way in providing help to people who are having troubles coping with life people
7: that are talking about it or documenting some type of a specific plan it could be a written plan it could be something verbal um, that someone's saying It could be something they post online people that are parting with personal effects Um, So they're getting getting rid of stuff. They're making uh, arrangements that could be perceived as end of life. Certainly those are red flags, and we would encourage anyone that hears or becomes aware of something like that to make a call to the police. Um, make a call to someone else that's trusted and let us know of those types of things.
5: And he wants families to know that there are a variety of resources available to someone who is having suicidal thoughts.
7: A nationwide resource that's been in place for just over a year now is 988. It's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. It's simply just picking up the phone and calling 988. Um, 988 also has an online chat function that you can chat with a a trained professional online. They also have a text option. Where you can text to 988.
5: Another option available is the My Companion phone app. It was launched last year by the Nebraska State Suicide Prevention Coalition. Dr. Dave Myers is founder of that coalition. He's also director of behavioral health services at Bryan Medical Center. He tells me it's mostly geared toward youth who use technology to connect with others, but... It can be used by people of all ages. It allows you to kind of record your life so you can kind of steer your future. It allows you to journal what's going well, what are some barriers that I've run into, who are the people that I can rely on when times are tough. Meyer says the app can provide assistance to someone in need immediately. If you do run into a roadblock in your life, you can connect to folks right away. And let's say that a person has suicidal thoughts, it connects you right away to the boys' town National hotline or to their text line. DHHS says when someone tells you that they are suicidal, there are ways to show you care by reaching out and supporting them. They say try and use clear and direct language like, I care about you. What can I do to help you? They say it's not about coming up with solutions, but about listening to the person and supporting them as they explore options for seeking health and safety. And DHHS says it's also critical that you look after your own mental health and well-being and seek support on your own if you need that help. And again, if you or someone needs to talk or get immediate help in a crisis, you can get a hold of the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by calling, texting, or chat 988. Hear Tom's talk
0: Saturdays at noon and Mondays at 6.55. Or listen to the podcast anytime at KLIN.com. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K. Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome back on a Monday
1: morning, September 18th, 2023. 57 degrees in the capital city. The smoke is kind of back. Again, was this weekend, Gross. looking at some haze this morning uh should clear out then a little bit after that and then uh, probably the warmest day of the week today back into the uh, in the 90s today back into the 80s much of tomorrow do we have a chance of storms tonight chance of storms Tuesday night looks like chance of storms Thursday night into Friday as well and so uh maybe getting a little moisture out of this week as well uh Nebraska football goes uh goes well, they didn't go anywhere. They stayed in Lincoln, but they did get the win thirty-five to eleven against Northern Illinois on Saturday night. Heinrich Harburg made his debut as the starter uh and had a uh had a had a solid game. Looked good. Looked good at this point. Uh Caleb, let's get the first question out of the way right now. Do you have a quarterback
3: controversy? At Nebraska
1: now, do you believe that the that there is
3: that I think you do a little bit i I don't think it's it's a it's a full fledged quarterback controversy because you yes the the level of competition was different that you were seeing so I don't know if if Harburg ends up with two interceptions on Saturday. There there were a couple that probably should have been picked off. Um, I don't know what things look like if he's running against guys that hit a little bit harder than Northern Illinois, and he wasn't dealing with the same crowd noise. That said, none of those necessarily factor into the ability to just catch a snap, like the, like those, right. those types of things. So I think there, there are things that this coaching staff now has on tape that they can see with Heinrich Harburg that he's able to manage a game that's in front of him, and not just make back breaking mistakes like there there was the fumble he got lit up like guys got free yeah uh, past the past the offensive lineman, and he caught that was more off.
1: of an o line fumble yeah, than that, that, a quarterback right, fumble. right yeah.
3: like that that was one that was like you hope the quarterback can just hang on to the ball right, but ultimately it was a turnover, so he's got one through his five quarters of work and four touchdowns to go with it. He's got a couple, uh, three touchdown passes, one one rushing touchdown as well, the seven quarters for Jeff Sims, seven turnovers and two touchdowns, one passing, one on the ground. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's the potential that's there. I still think this coaching staff, if healthy, likes Jeff Sims. I think though I agree with you. I think,
1: and I don't know if that'll be this week yet, or I don't know if that'll be the week after from Michigan. I'm not you know totally sure of what his situation is medically, but I agree with you, I think when Sims is healthy healthy enough to play either this week or maybe next week he'll be back out there as as the starter so I think to, there's that may make you happy or sad. I don't know, but I think that's probably what happens
3: I think there's every possibility if sims if his ankle is progressing, maybe he's not a hundred percent, but if it's progressing. The coaching staff may roll him out to start against Louisiana Tech, get a few drives in, and if things are going well, which because of the Nebraska's defense, you can hang your hat on a little bit if you go up two scores and go, okay, just need to manage the rest of this game and the defense will handle it from here. So if you give Jeff Sims, say, the first quarter, which might only be two drives <laughs> depending on how long those drives take, Yep. Let him work it out a little bit because he had a week off, and then you get him out of there and know that you have a guy like Heinrich Harburg who needs to get game snaps because there's the possibility that he'll be needed as a starter down the road as well. But it also lets Sims rest after getting some looks back in a game, and I, I think that's that's a real strong possibility this week. Now we'll need to hear from Matt Rule today. How good is Sims? Is is that ankle? Is he ready to go? All things equal, both guys 100% healthy, the staff is going to start Jeff Sims still until they see something that absolutely wows them from Heinrich Harburg or Sims continues to average a turnover a quarter.
1: Harburg's number, 98 yards, net rushing, had a touchdown as long as uh, 20 yards. I think that was that touchdown. That was the, touch was the touchdown. Passing, he was 14 for 24, two touchdowns, no interceptions, one sack. He did his job of not turning the ball over, which was the bottom-line job for whoever's playing mm-hmm. quarterback. I mean, the bare minimum for whomever is playing quarterback right now. The other thing to add into that is that you You may be dealing with some injury situations on the offense. We're going to find out more about that today. Um, but in terms of what the Arsenal, you just don't know coming off of these games. And um, there was there were some mentions of Gabe Irvin uh, maybe having some issues. There were some issues. Ramir Johnson went out of that game as well. I think there's going to be a question of who exactly is going to be available in that running back room going into next week as well which you know doesn't necessarily change your mind on who the quarterback is but it's going to it's going to impact of course what this offense is going to do and yeah. it's going to be able to do if there are people who can't go on Saturday and going forward.
3: Yeah, it changes who you have available to help out your quarterback regardless of who they are because that that's also been an issue through the first 3 games helping out your quarterback. Right. Uh, a ball being somewhere that is more than catchable and guys not catching it. That hurt Jeff Sims not quite to the level of the turnovers, but that got him into positions to where he did have to press a little bit, to where he did have to be thinking about other things, where there were guys that were dropping a first-down pass, and it's like, well, now you're in third and long, and you don't really want Jeff Sims in third and long right now the way he's played this season. You had a little bit of that on Saturday, but also the team was running the ball enough. If you do have any injuries to the offense to where – there's a pass catcher who's down, or someone else in the backfield who's down that you might be handing it off to. Now you got to figure out who is getting the ball. how How effective are you going to be in some pass protect? Who is going to be potentially on that option or a zone read? How are the? It, thankfully, you've got a Louisiana Tech and not Michigan yet, so you can try to work right. some of those things out. But I'm really, really intrigued to hear in uh, about four and a half hours. What we get from that rule on who is going to be available this week. Yep. And then, I mean, what we really should
1: probably be starting off talking about after this game and... The beautiful side of the ball. Unfortunately for them, it's always sort of the secondary story because it's not just the one where... It's not a quarterback controversy, right? It's not a quarterback discussion, but the defense... Um man plays completely lights out Caleb Northern Illinois does Northern Illinois doubled their yards basically uh, with the with the backups in in garbage time yeah. and got that final score which was which was kind of too bad because Nebraska was about to lay down one of the most r- ridiculously um dominant defensive per- performances on paper mm-hmm. that you've seen much in this maybe in this program's history they were at at one point late in the game they were at something
3: like Forty three yards or something. They were know. at they were at seventy some yards going into that final drive. Seventy three yards. So so you had and, and I I think it was arbitrary analytics would be the Twitter account, had looked up, had the defense forced a three and out, and then Nebraska just run out the clock. That would have been the least amount of yards allowed by a Nebraska defense since like two thousand four, two thousand six. Okay,
1: so you would wouldn't be quite in history, but it, that's why no, I, I wondered no, that. In in
3: history, you have to get negative. Oh, okay, like you got to get real got it, weird. Got it. <laughs> the um, that said, n-
1: either way, still, either even with the last drive, uh, still, especially the way that they stopped the run. I mean, just stuffed every run- rushing attempt that Northern Illinois really even tried, wow. and it was it was a frustrating day for the Northern Illinois offense. And I'll continue to say the thing about this this defense. I had this tweet that was kind of tongue in cheek during the game, kind of tongue in cheek, which basically said. I don't even know who's having a good day on defense because it's like there are 37 players who have one good play during this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they played again, and listen, Nash Huttmacher had a very good game, so I, I, I do realize that there were individuals who had very good games. But my point was, they're continuing to do this thing, Caleb, where they are playing 20, 25 guys <laughs> r- on the regular on their defense, and they're getting contributions from all over. Jamari Butler comes in and has a sack, right, this time This time around. A.J. Rollins had a big—A.J. Rollins, I don't even know if he's been playing a lot before. He played early in the game and ended up having four tackles in this game. Javon Wright had a pick, had an interception. He had a great game with this whole thing. Phelan Sanford was getting in with the the starting teams who had—they are— It is not an exaggeration to say they are playing, at least in in that game, and this is before garbage time, right, before you're really emptying the bench, they're playing 25-plus guys on that defense.
3: Easily. 25-plus guys. You are keeping guys fresh at all times. Three more sacks on the day, by the way. Nebraska third in the nation in total sacks at 14 on the season. Number one in the nation in sack yards. How far back they're getting oh, really? these guys That's in, in interesting. the sack yards? Who's in front of them? Do we have who's in front well, of them? Wake Forest has 16 sacks. Right. Louisiana has 15. Okay, I'm cheering against. The, I want to get back in the lead in that. Stat. Nebraska has 14. Texas State also with 14.
1: Okay, I'd like to see them get back in, get back in in front of that thing. But yeah, I mean, what what can you say about about this defense now? And and no, Northern Illinois has not been a a great offense, but. Holy cow the just the the level of consistency that you had throughout that entire game in northern illinois not just not just ever hitting a big one at some point somehow throughout the entirety of the game, and the tackling just visually caleb yes. the tackling and the get the, the getting a crowd to the ball so quickly is just such a it 's just so pleasant to watch. Compared to where this defense has been for a lot of, I'm not even picking out a coach and ripping them on this thing. It's, I mean, it just it hasn't hasn't been like that. I mean, Tony White, all kudos to him uh, at this point because he's they they look different, they look better. They think they're confusing offenses. They've they appear to be developing young guys like crazy here at this point and getting them into games. And it looks like they're doing all this stuff currently, but they're also building for the future too.
3: Yeah, there's. There's something to say about the way we've watched a game where a guy would get the ball, just a quick little bubble screen out, and, and one defender for Nebraska would go hit him, and it wasn't quite enough. It yeah. wasn't quite enough to Break get him a down. Tackle. So there'd be a, a slight broken tackle, and he just takes a couple stagger steps towards the sideline, and then he's free for the next 15 yards, at least until someone can knock him out of bounds. You had multiple times with that on Saturday, where a guy would make the first hit. Didn't quite get him wrapped up that time, but before that that receiver or running back can recover, three black shirts are there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that guy may have picked up one yard after contact, but it wasn't 17. Right, And we're just so used to seeing a guy break that one tackle and then go pick up a first down or, or a lot more. You're not seeing that right now with this defense.
1: Yeah. Yep, I I completely agree, completely agree on that whole thing. Um, and they got again, still it still feels like they should be getting more turnovers. To be honest, they finally they finally did get that interception late in the game. Uh, Javen Wright got that pick, but given the amount of pressure that they've had given the kind of the stifling that they've done, you feel like at some point these teams are gonna start gambling a little bit, they're gonna get frustrated, they're gonna make a bad throw while they're under pressure here at this point. And it still really hasn't hasn't happened, you know, more that to to be where it's a game changing situation, right? That interception came so late in the game that um Northern Illinois was already kind of buried mm-hmm. at that point in that game. So that's the next that's still the next step for this defense.
3: Yeah, I, um, I love the, the the pressure on the quarterback, the not letting guys be free, the gang tackling, all of those things. The next step is really making sure you're you're going after takeaways because that that has been the missing piece right now. Yeah, it's you you've hurt yourselves on one end of the the turnover ratio, but for Nebraska to get those takeaways, you finished even on Saturday, had not finished even. Now go yes. finish plus. Yeah,
1: yeah, and again. Just to, to make it full circle, then on the discussion too about the quarterback, if and when they go back to Jeff Sims, Caleb, and knock on wood, this isn't even an issue, right? But if he starts turning the ball over again, if the offensive turnovers become a question, there's got there's got to be some limit, right? There's got to be at some point where you're like, we just we we got to go with the guy who's Absolutely. turning the ball over less, and I think you were already
3: close to that. We'll
1: see. We'll see. And now we
3: have a guy who's played in a game. Yeah. And now now you have that to compare.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Good experience. Yes. So the eyes aren't quite going to be as wide the next time here, and and played in a couple of games, but now played an entire game as well. Uh, Good win for Nebraska. They take on Louisiana Tech 230 coming up. 230 here on KLIN, pregame at 10.30 on Saturday. It's 724 right now on KLIN.
0: Insights into a world of noise and confusion. They say what I think, but smarter. (laughs) 1,499.3 KLIN. It's time to count them down. Five things you'll be talking about today. This is the morning drive presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 3 All right, let's get things
2: started today with number five. Volleyball outside hitter Lindsey Krause didn't play in yesterday's win against Kentucky. She suffered an upper body injury in a hit and run car accident last Wednesday. And Nebraska coach John Cook said uh, it happened in the middle of the day and the other driver fled the scene
1: Caleb's got some sound on, uh, on what John Cook's exact reaction was after this Caleb hit it
4: you know Lindsay gets rear-ended on O Street in the middle of the day from some yahoo speeding all over the place which always happens on O Street so <clears throat> I said on the radio I hope the mayor was here and the chief of police and they hear this how is she? <laughs> she went through about 10 minutes of practice today so I, I, don't, I don't know you know, she got rear-ended. So, you know, and, uh, like same with Laney I mean, Laney kind of was in a collision too. You know, that's what's so frustrating is, and I, again, I drive on O Street, and there's several times I've wanted to call nine-one-one, just because of the p- crazy drivers and how they just abuse O Street and speed up and down. And sure enough, and I, I was on O Street that day too because we were off that day. I think I went to Whole Foods, and she was right by Chick-fil-A, and some dude came flying and smacked her and took off so it shouldn't be happening in lincoln boy it's interesting you know you will hear you will hear
1: influential coaches take a stand for certain issues i gotta think that's the first time i've ever heard one here at least at the university of nebraska talk about a particular streets driving situation being too dangerous but nonetheless, that's obviously what he had to say there. Um, now, Nebraska did win the match uh, yep, without Joe Boy, without Krause. Um, not seriously injured. I mean, they were there, and the, uh, Lindsey Krause was there cheering it on. But sounds like a little bit unsure of her status going forward as well. Uh, and obviously a, a scary situation there, too. And you've got a lot of people chiming in agreeing and saying yeah O Street O Street is ridiculous at this point the interesting timing of this whole thing is just a few days ago the city of Lincoln put out a report on a special enforcement project they just did all summer with with money from the state where they had visible patrols on O Street they went through and made it clear that they were doing this we talked about it when they were going to start doing it in May we talked about that we had this whole conversation actually in May about what the status of O Street is what the problems are what needs to happen to fix it and it's just interesting timing that that whole study just wraps up a few days ago study enforcement effort wraps up a few days ago and then this happens afterwards at this point so obviously at least in the opinion of some it is still an issue
0: uh, well,
3: and, and the thing that you don't have over the course of the summer is you don't have UNL in session. Yeah. So, so you're, you're missing a significant number of people that are driving across town when classes are in session because not everyone lives in Lincoln year-round to, to be a UNL student. Not saying that it's all UNL students. There are plenty of people that look significantly older <laughs> than, than UNL students. And some that are that are definitely in high school. It, it's kind of a, across the board for the demographic that you're seeing the the reckless and dangerous driving on O Street at any given time.
1: So the question is, I mean, to, to the to the question that that or the issue that John Cook and others have posed is, what is the solution here at this point? Is it just you know, is it just a longer, high visibility concentration of police that are patrolling the area? That's what happened this summer but it was a temporary deal. That is over and it was funded by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. That was overtime funding. Is that what it is? Just keep something like that going more frequently. Um, and we all know the you know, we all know the issues with staffing the discussions that have been having around that. Are there more and Mark Mark talked about this. Are there some traffic engineering things that need to be considered to change things up on oh Mark, I know you think and I don't disagree with you whatsoever that 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 could be maybe a part of a solution too that's out there,
2: well, yeah, and you can always do the thing that I hate just as much, if not more than most people. you can always put speed bumps in and <laughs> and that really messes with things but if if we're so short staffed that we can't have a regular patrol presence, whether the the staff that that l p d has is off doing other things, you know they're having to deal with situations all over the right. city, they're getting two three hundred calls a day on non traffic related stuff. Right. Uh, and when you're short staffed maybe you have to look at other options yeah. yeah but but number one, drivers are not paying attention to speed limits in this town generally
1: and it, yeah uh, i i I see what you're and I do see it does doesn't it seem just anecdotally like you do see fewer speed enforcement areas not, oh, to, that, not absolutely. Not that I'm asking for them necessarily, right. but I'm seeing a but, lot of texts like, come I in ju- for
3: roundabouts. By the way, I listen, I wasn't gonna say it because I would have been drug out of this studio, but I mean, <laughs> I'm good with roundabouts. Uh, that's not a, I mean, uh, I don't think that's think about how long either. that would take at 44th or at 48th. I don't
1: know, 48th but, I and just, 0. it's just a, but it's just a, what is so unique about O Street compared it's, to it's
2: wide and it's long
1: compared to. Old Highway 2 or compared to I don't know, Superior or compared to 27th Street?
2: Like, what's the difference exactly? Well, there's just more traffic. It would be interesting to get the traffic counts on O Street from 84th to 27th. I'm sure there's sure they're out there
1: and that was the the project the special enforcement project was between 17th and 84th which is interesting and they said that area accounted when they started this thing they said that area accounted for nine of the highest crash locations in the city of lincoln the city said this it also continues to be an area this is what they said in may it also continues to be an area that consistently receives community complaints of speeding racing loud exhaust and other reckless driving behaviors uh, these types of complaints and motor vehicle crashes are of great concern for both the police department and community alike. So, I know, I know he was saying the, the chief of police and the mayor need to know about... I think they do. That doesn't mean it's not a problem. Right. But it sounds like they, they're they hearing it from a lot of people and have been for, for quite some time well, on this
2: whole thing. John Cook's got a pretty loud and broad bully pulpit. Oh, yeah. Pulpit and- oh, yeah? So there you go. I agree. I agree on this. I mean, whole I've thing. been talking about red light, Lincoln, in the early morning. It certainly isn't that way during the day. <laughs>
3: I
1: know that's a, that's part of the deal. Is I'm drive if I drive O Street, a lot of the time it's you know
2: here's, before anybody's even on it. Here's something to do, even if it's very early in the morning. Drive about two miles an hour below the speed limit and see uh, how you're you're passed.
1: Oh, in the morning. People yeah. fly by me in the morning but if I go the speed limit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or, or not even two. I probably am going right around it or maybe, God forbid, a couple of miles over, you know, occasionally. But uh, I get past every morning, Mark. Like, every morning, I get people flying by me, either on South 70th or on people either... Or, like, in 48th, like, when I'm coming in here, I get in the middle. I turn, you know, turn in the neighborhood to get to work, and there's somebody who's been on my tail the entire time. Once I get into that middle lane, they're like... And they just fly by me on that, uh, that whole thing. So, I don't know if people are just late to work or what's happening, but uh, no, that's As, even the case in the morning, In the too. words
2: of Buford T. Justice... What we are having here is a total lack of respect for the law. <laughs> Number four. on <laughs> <laughs> Governor Jim Pillen, uh, first farmer to hold the governor's office in over a century, appointed a farmer to be the new state treasurer. State Senator Tom Breezy of Albion got the appointment. Uh, farmer and lawyer, by the way. And an ag econ. Uh, yeah. degree. So he uh, was being term limited out next year out of the legislature. So he is uh, stepping up to the $85,000 a year treasurer's job because he wants to continue serving hey. the public. He
1: won a, There was a lot of people who were interested in that thing, Mark.
2: Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, well, he served on the revenue committee uh, for a number of years, have been active in in the state legislative process on budgets and revenue and, and so he's had hey. some unique perspectives and probably qualifications.
1: So somebody in Albion or in that district uh gonna get a chance to be in the legislature now. Yep. Man, the governors in the last few years have appointed a lot of state legislators, it feels like. A lot of them. They're gonna be doing they're gonna be doing that again.
2: And I believe on this one, since it's uh, in be just the final year or so, he waits until January. That uh, person would be eligible to run for twice, would they not?
1: Yeah, I think those are. Yeah, I think the, the term wouldn't be long enough. You're saying, right? To, yeah, to be able to do that, I think that's the case. I think that's the case. But listen, as long as you, as long as these senators get paid basically nothing, this is going to happen all the time. You know, for better or for right. worse. That and I mean that's why that's why you do something like this in part at least.
0: Number three, governor, uh,
2: talking to school boards and uh, superintendents lately about their spending in light of the uh, new school funding that the state is sending out. We sent a letter to all school board members in the state last week saying I got to put the brakes on some of this stuff yeah. in, in essence.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. He sent it to, I, mean, I don't know how much it's going to work, but he sent it, he said I'd like you number 1 to reduce property taxes, 2 invest in high quality K through 12 education, and then he said I would like uh, you to take on the following questions. One, are you collecting more in property taxes this year compared to last year? Two, are you getting more in revenue uh, authority than you currently need? A lot of people asking those questions. I understand the you know, I understand why you're doing it. I can't imagine that is going to have almost any impact whatsoever on school boards actually saying, hey, oh, hey, we were thinking about doing this. It would have been okay. We had the votes, all of those things. But I think we get got enough. that letter from the governor. Uh, no. That's going to come from local. That is going to come from local people, local elections, all of those things. Right. It's going to have a lot more impact on that. I'm,
2: oh, absolutely. People that are going to show up at school board meetings say, come on cut this right. out i
1: mean that's the check and balance on this thing right yeah <laughs> people are, you know who who runs who makes the school board and 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 that sort of thing um so so we'll see but
2: it, it's it's not unlike the property tax increases and the, uh, everybody got their pink cards here in Lancaster right? County. and that public hearings tomorrow 6 30 down at the lincoln uh, the, and guess what D- nothing's going to happen as a result of. Oh, it. I don't know. There, from what I'm hearing, there's going to be quite a few people show up on this one.
1: They might. I'm not saying nobody's going to show up. I'm going to say they're not changing. I don't think these these municipalities, cities, counties. I don't think they're changing their budget in response
2: to this. We'll see.
3: Yeah, we will. I mean, what if as a populace we just said no?
2: That's. I mean, when the public gets involved, but you, you start to put the pressure on these elected officials. I think we saw it with the city council recently.
1: It's it's obviously not I mean it's it's obviously not enough people to change the elections though. Right. So I don't that is going to have the greatest impact of all of these things. And whether you can pick a school board wherever, you know, wherever in the state of Nebraska, you pick the city council, wherever all of those things. When though, I mean that's the first line on all of these things, and actually engendering some level of change
2: on these. And well, we'll see what the public has to say about it this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Number two, Apple plans to release software updates for its iPhone, iPad, and Smartwatch today, adding new features and designs. Uh, they announced at the development developer conference in June that iOS 17, iPad OS 17, and Watch OS 10 at a much-improved keyboard with autocorrect that will let you... Swear? Yeah. It will
1: let you. Again, I've got many other keyboard autocorrects that are way more annoying than that one. The word tonight still... I misspelled tonight once, and now it always misspells it for me. How does it spell I, quarterback for you? Stop it. That's... <laughs> I... Uh yeah, so apparently this usually is going to happen mid-afternoon. If you're excited about it, you got to have a smart. It's not phone. out yet. Yeah, yeah I was going to say I, I pulled it up. Go I'm to your sure. settings app. Go to general software update this afternoon. It'll probably be there. It's uh, it's free. I don't know how they big just, a deal this they stuff. They just will had be. an
2: update about a week and a half, two weeks ago. On a mm-hmm. big security
1: thing because that Pegasus yeah. thing was getting on on iPhones as well. So. Uh anyway, check that out today. Maybe cool. I don't know. We'll see. Or may. Sometimes these things are a big deal and sometimes they're not that much. So we will see on this one.
2: Number one. You guys broke down the uh win over Northern Illinois. A few hours, uh I think what, eleven thirty or so? The Coach Rule is gonna have a, his uh meeting with uh the media and then we should hear about some of the injuries.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like you had you had Ramir Johnson who was out during the game mm-hmm. all those you have both Amir Johnson and Cam Lennart, at one point I was just like where are those guys and they right. weren't playing and then there were reports about Gabe Irvin. Um, you know I know Mitch Sherman had some tweets about Gabe Irvin. he said he thought he might be okay but it sounds like there's still at least some level of question as well and so I don't know exactly what the situation with all these guys are but those are and those are the three that I know at least were guys that were, were impacted or discussed during the game as being injured. Yeah, and, and Rule
3: mentioned those three by yeah, name in postgame.
1: Those three in postgame. And so, man, three big three big contributors, Caleb, on offense and defense. Oh. Yeah. Um, and t- two, of, two of which play are at the same position. As well, so
3: well, and, and you, you saw how much it was nice to get Ramir Johnson in there yes. with the way the offense was running with Heinrich Harburg, yeah. because it was he wasn't involved that much under Jeff Sims, and maybe he could be. I think you could plug Jeff Sims into a lot of the same play calling that you had for Harburg this last Saturday. Yeah. Um, Gabe Irvin is like that's your lead back, um, and, and and he has been. That's been your number one running back through the the first couple of games, although Anthony Grant got more touches against Minnesota. And then Lenhardt has been really a a revelation for what he's been able to step on and have impact immediately on the defensive side of the ball. So any of those three missing even one game would be significant. Especially those running backs. But but those running backs, for sure, the depth becomes a giant issue in, in that room. Yeah, it means a lot more touches for Anthony Grant, but he's not going to get all of your running back touches. Who is the next guy to step up? Probably Emmett we'll, Johnson, I'm going to guess. Yeah, we'll we'll find out yeah. a little bit more to, to see if and how much time those guys are missing from Matt Rule around lunchtime today. Between 11.30 and noon. All right. seven
1: hundred five. that's it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN.
0: Listen to the Friday Husker Tailgate every Friday this fall. Presented by Syracuse Area Health. Strasburger Orthopedics on 1,599.3. At KLIN. K-L-I-N. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K. Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first... Be medicine, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. All right, before we talk to
1: Tim Maruza, time to play Fantasy Oscars or get you a keyword for Fantasy Oscars, I should say. Uh, congratulations to last week's winner, who was... Ron. Ron was the closest on the time of the first touchdown for Nebraska. It didn't take too long. He was actually very close on that thing, so he wins the $100 prize pack from our friends from Alumni Hall and Valentino's. But now we got a new week and a new chance for you to win... The question we are going to ask you, if you are lucky enough to receive a pick, is going to be: How many yards rushing do Nebraska's quarterbacks have against Louisiana Tech? How many net yard rushing, net yards rushing, do players listed as a quarterback on the roster have? So whether it's Harburg or Sims or Purdy or you know anybody else who's on the roster listed as a quarterback, how many yards, net yards rushing, do they have? Excuse me. Uh don't forget they take sacks out out of uh rushing. That's right. So when they do that. So just something to remember if you get a pick, if you want to pick, what do you need to do? Text us right now with our current keyword for 810 pick number 2, which is
3: USA. You <laughs> spell that right. please?
1: U S A. There you go.
3: U S A.
1: All right, USA text that in right now. Your chance to get that pick. And we say hello to Tim Harusa. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing today? I'm
6: doing well, Jack. Happy Monday.
1: Thank you. Happy uh, Happy Monday to you.
6: Um, did you? I, I feel like the world is right. Uh, it's like the first time that you and I have been able to connect in three weeks, man. And look, we made Nebraska win even. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> the magic. The magic of knowing that we would get together over the tones of Mariah Carey's beautiful voice it's, on a Monday morning—it's
1: amazing. I don't know. Three
6: weeks, hate it. Hey,
1: did you ever think that um, you know coaches? Coaches in the past have used their their influence, you know, and you know their pedestal to for important causes and 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 done that in the past. Did you ever think that would be a, a Nebraska coach and the traffic on O Street? Did you did you did you ever see that one coming here? Exactly. And the potential dangerousness of it.
6: Uh, I uh, no, I did not expect to have this conversation uh heading into the week. And it's like a it's a really sad story where you got a player that's clearly hurt, and obviously the coach is Coach Cook is understandably upset. Yeah. Uh for, like, her safety and, like, just the general well-being of folks on that road. But to to take, like, direct, to go direct at the city for it is an interesting, like, I, I did not expect that to be the conversation <laughs> that we should oh, having.
1: they're going to get calls now, too, by the way. I mean, he, like I said, he, he wields some influence in this town, and so. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, they're going to have to respond, aren't they? They're going to have to put out a statement or something, are they
6: not? I think I they don't will. I think you can let. I, th- I think it would be a bad idea for the city, whether it's the police department or the mayor's office or whomever, to kind of let that pitch pass yes, by. I think so without too. Without sort of defending either defending yourself, without I mean, or without, without at least responding and letting people know that something is going to happen. Because, and here's the thing, Jack. Like, I do think that there's a bit of a problem there. It, it's like one of those. I don't travel it terribly often. Like when I do, I'm usually going all the way on O Street from east to west, from like downtown to like way out west somewhere. I used to I used to cross it more often for work. Used to spend a lot more time when I was working in an office closer to 48th and O on O Street. The the six lanes there with like you know the median intersections and those sorts of things. It just makes it for a weird-feeling place, I think. I also think you couple that with the hills, and people can, like, go down the hill and see all the way straight across. And and you get people who drive fast. You get people who are in a hurry trying to get across town, weaving in and out of traffic. I mean, I've experienced that. Um, I don't know that I've ever I've never been around or seen an accident there, so I don't know how prevalent that is. Like, statistics might clear that out a little bit better. But we've had some really tragic instances on O Street. That's true. Um, that drag race or speeding incident it was a year or two ago. Yep. Um,
1: Memorial Day weekend, a year know, and a half ago. Yep.
6: Yeah, on a on a night out when people are kind of showboating cars. I don't. I I don't know. Like I've heard rumors that more of that sort of like showboating happens on weekends and those sorts of things. I don't know what it's like at noon though uh-huh. on a on a Wednesday or a weekday like. Whether that's something that needs more enforcement is an interesting conversation that the city is probably going to have to well consider internally.
1: And again, I mentioned this earlier in the show as they just came off. They just days ago put off a, uh, a a statement that said LPD. This was September 6. LPD announced it has completed a special project to help reduce traffic crashes and promote motor vehicle safety on O Street during the summer. From May through August, they conducted a high-visibility traffic enforcement detail on O Street between 17th and 98th Street. And so the detail focused on traffic enforcement saturation on nights and weekends to combat the numerous reports of excessive speeds and noise in the area. So this kind of goes to the nighttime stuff. Um, And then they went through and said all the they actually uh, had a total of almost 700 citations and arrests that they gave out during this time for that, um, including 200 of them for speeding 200 citations for speeding another 58 for speeding warnings. Um, So they were they were doing
6: that. But it's go ahead. Well, no. I was going to say one other conversation that comes up in the context of this. And sometimes it's the legislature too. I feel like there was a bill introduced last year by a Lincoln senator um, that deals with like the ca- cameras at stoplights and those yeah. of things. Like, how yeah. do you? How, at some point, we do have to have a conversation with that. And I don't. I don't know that I was directly involved in that bill or anything, but I know in the past when it's come up, the city has always had concerns about the cost of maintaining video archives. Right? Is that uh, what it is? For longer periods of times and And using, you know, server space and storage alone for video recording is not not cheap, and it's not a small task. So, like, you do wonder at this point. You hear about these hit-and-run things on occasion. Like, it sucks when there's an athlete involved, and it affects kind of a team sport and those sorts of things. You feel bad for the victim in that instance. Um, They do happen in any city, I think. And then you just kind of wonder at what point do we start talking about whether there's, is there camera footage? Is there camera footage a bad instance? Do you, can you hold that person accountable? And like, how do you you hit somebody and run off? Like, you gotta be kidding me at some point. Well, Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I got one solution. You could do. You could do like eras You could do speed. You could check speed with cameras, right? You could do it. You do. You can go to Arizona and like every time you go there, you get a ticket. It feels like with the with the it red light cameras.
6: Red light tickets are a thing in other states. I don't know whether that's good to be enforcing traffic. You so could how, do that. Witnessing it, but I remember uh, didn't
1: do, didn't Chris do Beitler that. want to do that one year? I think he did. Butler had that as like kind of his like your annual platform. Like 10 years ago, he wanted to do, to, to have red light cameras. Um, I mean, it, I remember it got a poor remember, response, yeah,
6: maybe six or seven years ago, even a bill in the, a bill in the legislature that would have allowed for red light cameras. And there's a, there's pushback from it, from, from some of the um, civil liberties groups and yes. the libertarian, yeah. the libertarian bent is like, don't let big government ticket me. <laughs> right. Like you, that sort of a thing you can't you can't trust virtual oh, electronics to, to enforce crime sort of a thing so who maybe maybe this gets that conversation started again who knows
1: it might <laughs> it, it, it might i what i still don't quite understand and i know you sort of talked about why o street is unique but again there are other streets in town you know there are other there there are other somewhat similarly situation similarly situated streets in town where you've got multiple lanes where it's you know long stretches without uh, a stoplight necessarily where it's very heavily traversed especially at certain times whether you want to talk about portions of Twenty Seventh Street or portions of the Old Highway Two or you know pick your pick your one I just it still makes me wonder why O Street seems to have, be be the one that is the most problematic according at least to what lpd is saying when they when they started this study because they said this is the one we get the complaints about essentially
6: i yeah that's an interesting point too jack and like as you're kind of making it i'm wondering in my head what the difference or the nature of the difference is between o street and highway 2 it may be that it's a two-lane divided, or an old highway too. I guess. Old highway too.
1: Nebraska <laughs> Expressway, I believe. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Nebraska Parkway. Ne- expressway. It's Parkway?
1: No, it's Expressway,
0: right? Uh,
6: expressway. Or, I don't know. God,
0: it's just killing uh, me.
6: But like the divided two lanes or whatever may just make it feel different. I do feel like you get weaving in a three-lane situation more, and like I don't know. My my always experience that uh, I always yeah. motorcycles weaving in and out in that three lanes and trying to get. Trying right, to get across town. It may also be that it is just, like, almost the only east-west thoroughfare. Like, how else do you go east That's a west? good point. I like mean, down to old, normal. To way south to Old Cheney. Um, yeah, normal will get you east-west, but not clear across town. Right. Not like O Street does, like, for a portion of it. And it also kind of goes in a southeasterly direction, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, vine. Even if I you mean, go north, like,
6: yeah. Vine is separated by the university, yeah. and then... It gets separated down there too. Well, maybe doesn't. Cornhusker split down by the mall. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there aren't a ton of them. Oldridge, yeah, right. yeah. Oldridge sort of goes through, but that's Pioneer. I so, mean, like,
1: eventually, Pioneer's runs into the to the old highway too. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go way south. You get to like Pine Lake and Old Cheney and those things. Yeah.
6: And so maybe just like the nature of the way Lincoln's developed and kind of that small townness that you know always gets talked about in terms of how traffic flows are in this place. Um Maybe it just forces O Street to be the the only way you can get from 84th to downtown, and I don't know. I don't no. know. I I just... Uh, I still think the, I think the hills make it feel different, too. Like, when you come down off 48th Street, you have a big hill all the way to 56, coming back up with three lanes and... I don't yeah. know. People are kind of in a rush to get to the other side of it because you can see everything in front of you.
1: And I'm not, and, and I don't. I'm not meaning to deny anybody. You know, d- obviously it's had it's had its problem, and obviously LPD was saying, "Hey, we get so many more complaints. It's, we've got nine of the top traffic air accidents in this area." I just haven't necessarily. I might not just be a very perceptive person, though. I, I just uh, like I. <laughs> I haven't noticed it. I mean, I, of course, I noticed bad driving in Lincoln, but I noticed kind of, you know, spaced out throughout the city, not so concentrated in one spot. But my experience, obviously, is is not the norm on this whole thing. But
6: Jack, nonetheless, just obliviously passing down O Street.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, I think I kind honestly I think I avoid it, but not necessarily because not necessarily because I think people are driving like maniacs. It's just like. Uh, sometimes, especially if you're going like out of the downtown area in the late afternoon, which is more likely when I'm there, the line up at those stoplights—it's just—it's so long. Like I, no, nobody can go particularly fast in those things, right? I mean, yeah. if you—I'm you, sure you've taken O out of downtown at some point at like 4:30 in the afternoon. It sucks.
6: There's a lot of stoplights everywhere. But in it's not because people are
1: driving fast, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Well, I feel, I mean, I feel bad for Krause. I feel bad for the victim. I I, I hope there are cameras or something that caught some part of that. I mean, whether it's Chick-fil-A cameras or whether it's some other business in that area. Right. um, Right. Or whether it's city cameras, I guess. But maybe that's the conversation we have to have, which is making it known and enforcing and doing some sort of protection there. And, And maybe, too, maybe, Jack maybe the statistics would tell you that it is not any more unsafe than anywhere else. And you had some frustration and and upset, an upset coach who was defending a player and rightly so, a situation in which they were a victim of a crime
1: no i mean i mean to his point lpd may 3rd 2023 put out this this release that said that said o street between 70th and 84th accounted for nine of the highest crash locations in the city it also continues to be an area that consistently receives community complaints of speeding racing loud exhaust and other reckless driving behaviors they've said they said as much in may essentially so they're the ones who would know not you know not me necessarily. Right. So, not my limited experience.
6: Well, it'll be interesting if they respond yeah. or if they make a statement or, or they will I think they will. I bet they will. I
1: bet I bet they will. All right. Uh hey, we took up all our time talking about O Street. We didn't get we didn't get to analyze the new state treasurer situation or see if third times a charm for medical marijuana. I think we got some time for all that though down the road. Sound good? Oh yeah. i'm good. Yeah, right. sounds good. Uh have a great week, Tim. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. You too,
0: Jack. Bye. There's Tim Rooza. 60-30 miles per hour. Slight chance of a thunderstorm later this evening. Overnight low 63-87 on Tuesday. From the 1011 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Brad Anderson. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 63 degrees in the capital city at
1: 837. Whew. Glad to have you back with us on this Monday morning. Been a busy Monday morning. And uh, Mike Schaefer joins us from right here uh, on the Friday Husker Tailgate. You can hear him Fridays with us. Uh, Also, you can read and see his work at Husker 24-7. And he joins us right now on the road today, but kind enough to give us some time. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing this morning? I am
6: good.
8: I I just enjoyed another wonderful Nebraska uh, well, I guess it's now Highway Two, the the Highway Two experience, the South Beltway. The South Beltway. It's fantastic. Okay. You know, like, nobody uses it. it. there's it's just me and like two other cars. It was wonderful.
1: Right. Well, that's good. That's good. We've had a lot of we've had a lot of road talk today already, so you're fitting right into the theme of the show. Uh right, you
8: know. I can't imagine
1: that you were talking about O Street at all. <laughs> it's been a, it's been. Listen, when somebody's got a got a lot of influence, they bring up a street. It becomes a topic pretty quickly. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I, I'm I'm curious from you. How much just more? I don't know what the what the word is, but just a little less stressful, less. How nice is just, not even like you being a fan, but how nice does it feel just to work and do the things that you do after a win, after it's been such high drama after every single game for so long, seemingly?
8: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely nice. So I'm, I'm on the road because I'm headed to Columbus because I'm actually going to go talk about Nebraska football in Columbus. And I was thinking to myself before that game started, if they lose to Northern Illinois and then I'm showing up in my hometown and then it's going to be like three people are there. This is going to like hurt my ego a little bit. So <laughs> I I kind of needed Nebraska wins so they could get over seven people in attendance to this thing. But yeah. uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see if we can get to
1: ten. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I saw. I think Mitch Sherman had a tweet like, and he was he said something to the effect of like, it's nice to have a game where it's not uh, where the question you're not asking is like, what is the what is the impact of this on the program overall for once because it felt. like, it feels like it's been a long string of those going on for a you long know, time.
0: You know, it's
8: really interesting because obviously, so much of my time spent on a message board, and you would not know Nebraska won that game by 24 points on oh. Saturday if you were reading through like that. the The game thread was like a total roller coaster. Yeah, people who like in the first quarter were immediately in on Heinrich Harburg and then thought he was terrible and then now thinks he should be the starting quarterback going forward. You had, you know, people just convinced Nebraska was going to give that game up, even though know, at no point were they really ever threatened, which is, you know, it's kind of the, the funny part of the whole thing. But it's just like I think people needed that win to remind themselves that sometimes it could just go Nebraska's way from start to finish.
0: And it did. And,
8: and a lot of that has to do with the defense, which is really, for me, Jack, I think the story – You know, quarterbacks aside, I think Nebraska's defense and how quickly they have become not just solid, but, I I mean, can we say they're good now? Because I I feel like we can say you're good. Yeah. When the other team only gets across your 50-yard line when you have one of your inexplicable fumbles and when it's mop-up time, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. And, you know, they they have just played really, really well. And, And Tony White has been a revelation, I think, in just three weeks.
1: Yeah, I want to I was in fact it's interesting you said that because I'm going to start there. I started the show talking about the quarterback situation with Caleb, but uh we we've done that a lot and we can get to it, but to some in some degree you do. I mean, this defense is becoming a story and and becoming a big story on this. Um two things I'm 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 curious about your sort of your your sort of thoughts on Number one is Tony White continues to do this deal. We talked about it on the tailgate on Friday, Mike. He continue to do this deal where he rot- rotates players and a quantity of players I just don't remember really ever seeing I don't know if I've paid attention to it closely enough with other teams, but I know I haven't seen it with Nebraska. And he even seemed to amp it up even a little bit more. Like, during the game, Mike, I'm like, oh, there's A.J. Rollins. Oh, there's Phelan Sanford. I didn't even count them in the 22 for last week, and there's probably another two or three guys like that. What does that that strategy – how much do you think that plays into the success, and why do you think that Tony White's doing it?
8: Well, I – I think if you take him at his word, and he talked a little about it on Wednesday of last week, they want to elevate guys who are practicing well, who have played well on special teams. They want to reward them with some opportunity on defense. And then, in his words, like if you put them in and they play well, why would you not continue to play them? Right. And so it just it feels, in some ways, Nebraska's building a lot of depth on on the defensive side of the ball. Because these guys, whether it's Phelan Stanford, whether it's A.J. Rollins, who, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say came off the of milk carton, but so I wasn't expecting him to, to play as much as he did on Saturday. And then on top of it, if you go look at the pro football focus or, or these other places, he graded out really well. Mm-hmm. And so then, it, you know, and that's just another asset you have on your defensive line which, by the way, just continues to add player after player that just steps in and, and are playing really well when it felt like Nebraska's defensive line has been a topic of conversation for the last, you know, five years about when are these guys actually going to be different. Centers. And it, you know, lo and behold, it's a year in which they're sliding guys in and out every week <laughs> and you're getting good performances regardless of who it is. I, I just think that they're able to build depth this way. They clearly like the idea of having different players with different skill sets because they match up differently. Northern Illinois was a different team than Colorado. Colorado was different than Minnesota, and that's why I think for three weeks, we've seen three wildly different versions of Nebraska's personnel grouping, and yet the results have largely been the same, and they got better, obviously, as the the quality of opponent did go down in Northern Illinois. But the big thing is Nebraska got off the field on third down. Mm -hmm. And for the third straight game, they completely took away a team's running game. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Honestly, Jack, I don't know. Uh, we have to go back to, like, Bo era, when they've been this good against the run for even a three-game stretch. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, they were they were pretty good in 2021 with Damian Daniels at times. But they also had that great Michigan State game. You took away Kenneth Walker. And then I think they got dashed a little bit, you know, later that year. But I – and Big Ten play will, will dictate some of this, but I I'm just like they're turning these teams into one-dimensional, and the, and they're doing it, and I think they're playing into the strength of Nebraska's defense. But the secondary is still where I think they have the chance to really hurt teams, and this has all gone very well for them defensively. Like I, I I hear myself saying this, and I can hear the shock in my voice. I don't know if anybody else, did, but it just feels so surprising.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and. Man, there's just a lot of directions I could go off of that too. Because, like, you think. Oh, and by the way, on your on your defensive thing, I saw our uh, uh, our, our colleague Connor Happer, uh, my colleague Connor Happer, at least he he went through and did the lowest rush total since 2000. Um, you had uh, the Northern Illinois was 15th, and and that was 29 yards. Um, but you know, you've got to go back to one that's recent. Before that, I guess 2020 in Purdue. Purdue went for minus two. Um, twenty sixteen Maryland went for eleven. Twenty sixteen Kansas State went for for. Oh no, it was two thousand six Kansas State went for twenty two. So you are right. Your assessment is pretty pretty spot on. Um, with with the with the running game. Um, I want to ask you specifically though about um. And it, that's a weird thing. It's so hard to pick out a single guy on this defense. Even I, I had a tweet that was kind of tongue in cheek during the game, Mike, where I was like, I don't even know who's having a good game because like thirty seven players have each had one really good play. Um yep. so it was weird. But what that's not totally true because I thought Nash Hutmacher um looked really, really good. Again, I'm not the only one obviously who saw that. But, Mike, I'm just kind of curious on your giving some context on on this guy sort of working up and becoming what looks like to be a really good defensive lineman. You got a lot of buzz as a recruit, right? Wrestler, called him the polar bear, all of those things. And then we come into this season and talking about him, and most of us are like, yeah, I don't really know what they've got there. And lo and behold, he had developed, and uh, he's turned on into a, a real asset on that defensive line. Give us a little bit of a context on that journey for him.
8: Yeah, you know, it was really interesting because Nash Hutmacher had one of the best quotes, I thought, this spring where he was talking about how, as players, they needed to take ownership of the team away sort of from the coaches. Like, And he was talking about it in the sense of the coaches at that point had kind of put together the standard of what was expected, and then he thought it was up to the players to, to sort of take that over and then hold themselves accountable and then sort of almost remove the coaches from equation. And and at that point, I was like, okay, this guy's already kind of like a beater of what's going on here. And then just from different people, from different coaching staff, he flashed a lot when he was younger. It was just hard for it to be consistent. I think this scheme and what Terrence Knighton is asking him to do relative to Mike Dawson and a little bit Tony Tuyoti allows him to be more aggressive, and more forward attacking and less kind of trying to just fight out a stalemate, if that makes sense. It, it's sometimes hard to describe Nebraska's defensive line strategies in recent years, because when you say it out loud, it just sounds like it's not going to work. And then when you say, <laughs> yeah, they're letting them move forward this year, it's like, wow, that seems like a great idea. They have more for a You know, so uh, I think, it, I think, what he is being asked to do is more natural for him now, which is just, you see the ball carrier here, go get the ball carrier. And there was multiple times, um, and I, there's one specific play, and I can't provide enough context that people are going to be able to come back to it, where we watched him cross the base of two different offensive linemen, shoving basically both of them into the backfield, right across the formation, and blowing up a play. I don't know that he got the... T- but it's just like his strength up there. Yeah. He is so strong. And, and he obviously, you know, a champion wrestler and, and all of that, and a, a champion weightlifter. So, on top of it, he's, he's just a freak in terms of, of the weight room and strength. To be able to handle that and use that leverage and just sort of, I think, have a nice toolkit in terms of the moves and, and how to use things. I think all of that is really blended well. And I, I said this on the Friday Husker Tailgate show. Terrence Knight was such an important piece of what Matt Rule has brought over because you have an NFL defensive lineman teaching these guys, these are effective boots. Here's what I think of your game. Here's where you can utilize these things. This can be very helpful. And we're seeing great performances from Ty Robinson, Nash Hotmaker. guys like that that have been in the program for a while, in addition to some of these younger guys that are getting their opportunity. And I think some of it is new voice, the new kind of, concept for what they're doing, and he has kind of unlocked some things that really allowed those defensive linemen to flourish and hot
1: Locker is by far the most visible. Yeah. Let's flip around let's switch around uh, great great context too. I that's exactly what I was what I was hoping to get there. Um l- let's switch switch around to the offense. I guess maybe my question everyone is saying well do you have a quarterback controversy now? Is my question is is this like is is the one who's going to end up being, you know, assuming there's no injuries anything that changes, the quarterback who ends up really taking the line share of the snaps this year going to be the one that doesn't Turn the ball over in huge numbers is that is that eventually what this is going to boil down to because I understand like i I, I expect they'll bring Sims back in when he's healthy whether it's this week or next week um, but I also imagine that he's going to have a little bit of a short leash when it comes to turnovers as well, and so is the bottom line just going to be hey, whichever of these guys does not does not uh, hemorrhage turnovers essentially is going to be the one that's going to end up being the the real starting quarterback for the rest of the year.
8: Yeah, I also think we're in a situation now where you're probably talking about both of these guys starting games throughout the rest of the year. I mean, with with Nebraska having to rely on the quarterback run game as much as they have so far through three weeks, you got nine games left that you're guaranteed and you're hoping for that tenth game. I think you're going to need both of those guys to stay, um, you know, to at least have one healthy every other week. And so I I don't know. That there's a big difference in what the offense can do if either one of them is on the field. And so I do think the yeah. turnover factor is going to be such a key portion of this. Yes. And at the same time, I, I don't know how you felt about it, Jack, but it also feels like both Heinrich Harburg and Jeff Sims are the most explosive player on offense when either one of them is playing. So uh, yeah. it, it sort of feels like. You're gonna have to live with some degree of volatility in terms of turnover, because these guys are also going to be asked to be your most critical players. So and that's, yeah, could be the case of the quarterback, but they're not going to necessarily do it as much with their arm as they're going to have to do with their feet.
1: And if that is the case, where well, that's the best weapon, it obviously increases the chance that they're going to get banged up a little bit. And you are going right. to need both of them too, right?
8: And so I, I anticipate, you know, regardless of whichever one starts this week, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if they give Jeff Sims a second week to just kind of make sure he's good to go. And then that leads you into a really weird conversation for Michigan week, which hooray, nothing better than that. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I think you try to get Sims as healthy as he can be because if you're going to ask him to come back and run and it's any kind of lower body injury, which I believe it is, then you, you kind of need him as close to full strength as he can get in the middle of the season. So if Heinrich Harburg can help you get to another win against Louisiana Tech, don't overthink Now, at the same time, when you face Michigan, when you face Illinois, all of these things kind of go out the window. Then you need the guy who's going to give you the best opportunity to win. So I think you move forward with Harburg. If he has another good week, then I think you kind of leave it up to practice and you see which one looks better heading into the Michigan game. And then you... It might be a week-to-week thing. This might really be a discussion we have to have every single week. Because I know Sims has started slow and poorly, I guess, if you will, with all of the turnovers. But I don't think the staff wants to just put them on the shelf and never use them. Right. And so I I think they're going to have to find value there, too. And And what I'm also curious about, do you think at any point we will see both of them on the field again like we did against Minnesota?
1: Um, I, I mean, man, at at some point, if you, if you, if if it's true, they're your two best weapons. Yeah, I kind of do. Yes, I mean, I think so. Don't you?
8: Yeah. Well, I just think you want that athleticism. Yeah. When you can kind of get it on the field. I mean, they're clearly using Tommy Hill uh, in certain gadget plays because they they just don't have dynamic athletes on offense. Yeah. And you know, I like as as a guy tracking the recruiting for twenty twenty four. I'm not promising. There's a lot of dynamic athletes in that class either, so they're they're going to have to kind of build, um, you know, on offense. I should say they're they're going to have to kind of figure out how and what they want this to look like, and that that all ultimately falls on Matt Rule and, and Marcus Batterfield. But I think more than anything, when you get to Illinois, especially that month of October, they got to go three and 0 Yeah, they, they have no margin for error in October. So yep. whatever they can do to get to three and in that month. That has to, every decision has to sort of be built to
1: that idea. Did we learn anything else about the offense? I mean, I think we saw Fedoni can be a, you know, we just saw a little bit of better better idea of what Fedoni might be able to be in this offense, but I don't know. I feel like you didn't learn a whole lot more, and I also don't know what the injury situation is now. So um, I, 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 I guess it just goes back to what you said about those two perhaps being the biggest weapons that you've got, and that might be the same going
2: forward.
8: Yeah, I, I will say this. I love that they finished their last three drives with touchdowns. I think that's a good sign. Um, I like that Anthony Grant is back in the mix here. Uh, you know, Gabe Irvin led the team, at least in terms of halfbacks, uh, led, led the halfbacks in terms of yardage. But Anthony Grant, you know, provided some explosion. He had a couple, he had a couple of nice, uh, moves there in the hole. Looked mm-hmm. like he juked out the official one of the <laughs> times. Um, uh, you know, so he's, he, no one's safe from Anthony Grant putting a move on him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think that he's got to be involved in this thing, too. I mean, that fumble, you can't just hold it against him the rest of the year. Right? He's got to be someone that's involved in, in the mix of things, and we'll see kind of where injuries are at. I hope Premier Johnson's not on the shelf for too long. He's another guy I'd like to see, utilized a little bit more. But, yeah, I, I don't think we walked away from it feeling like any stronger about what the offense is supposed yeah. to look like. But they did execute at a higher level, which they should do with these games, and they should do it again against Louisiana
1: Tech. Stop the turnover bleeding is is job one right now, and for the most part that happened. Uh great to talk to you, Mike. Looking forward to Friday coming off win, getting ready for Louisiana Tech. Have a great week and we will see you bright and early Friday, all right? All right, sounds good. Thanks, Jack. Have a right. good one. There you go. Mike Schaefer, our co host on the Friday, Husker Tailgate. You can Read his work at Husker 24-7. 8 we'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show. Get ready for
0: tomorrow after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, glad to have you back with us as we wrap up the show. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, he will join us. Also talk to the folks from the Lead Center. As well, getting ready for a new season going down with lead center as well. And then uh, John Baylor also coming off another big win for Nebraska Volleyball last night against Kentucky and getting ready for conference play. JB will join us to give his us his thoughts on the uh, Stanford and Kentucky wins and how this uh, conference season is going to play out now that we know a little bit more about all these teams.
3: Fantasy Huskers, Andrew says 114 Steve says eighty-seven. As we're asking for the net rushing yards of Nebraska's quarterbacks this Saturday,
1: it's all been—it's they've all been kind of in that range. That's that's right, kind of where it's been. What would you? What would you if you were making a guess here on this thing?
3: If I put a guess, I'd put it right. I'd put it about ninety-six. I think I might go a little lower. Yeah? I think I might go a
1: little lower this year. I think I go about like 78.
3: Ooh, a little lower, lower. A
1: little bit lower. That would be the the lowest so far on the season. All right. Play the extremes on Fantasy (laughs) Oscars, I'm telling you. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. It's 9 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln.